Canon unveils full-frame C500 Mark II. Nikon announces the D6. Canon introduces new re instant rebates on select RF lenses. And an overpayment scam leaves a wedding photographer holding the bag for $4,600. All of this on episode 35 of the Liam Photography Podcast. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 35. So this week, Canon unveiled its full-frame C500 Mark II with 5.9K 60P and a swappable mount. The camera may not be of much interest to photographers, but it's 5.9K full-frame sensor with dual-pixel AF user-swappable mounts, 5-axis electronic stabilization, and dual-CF express slots might give us a glimpse at some of what's possible in future EOS R cameras. The C500 Mark II marks the first time Canon has put a full-frame sensor into the more classic cinema EOS-style body, packing the same 5.9K full-frame CMOS sensor from the C700 full-frame into a smaller modular body that costs just $16,000. In comparison, the full-frame C700 costs $33,000. Now, there's a short inner uh, overview video of some of the key features coming to this camera, and I'll include a link to that in the show notes so that you can watch it if you're interested. To find out more about the C500 Mark II, you can head over to Canon USA where you can dive more deeply into the specs. What intrigues me, however, is how these specs might trickle down to or inform us of the specs we could expect to see from future EOS R cameras. Buying a full-frame sensor, or bringing a full-frame sensor to a cinema camera in this price range is an exciting move from Canon and give some hint at the capabilities they could potentially provide in a Sony A7S or Panasonic S1H competitor, assuming they'll ever be willing to cannibalize sales of their Super 35mm cinema cameras. The modular design is an interesting move. User-swappable mounts prove they listen to their users, even if we'll never see it in the stills world. And it looks like Canon is embracing CF Express by integrating not one, but two CF Express slots into the C500 Mark II. Finally, the Mark II is also Canon's first ever cinema camera with a five axis stabilization, but don't get too excited just yet, it's electronic. If Canon is working on IBIS sensor stabilization, it looks like we'll see its debut in the EOS R system, and as I've mentioned in previous episodes, Canon has confirmed that they are planning on putting IBIS in future EOS R bodies. So for us still shooters, especially in the age of hybrid full-frame mirrorless cameras, every cinema EOS release sends a mixed message. On the one hand, it shows the kind of features that Canon is capable of putting into a high-end full-frame camera. But on the other hand, it reveals the video features they'll be trying not to cannibalize, when they do release their new next EOS R body. 
Now, for me personally, I think this uh, announcement of the new camera, cinema camera, is extremely exciting. I love the idea that it has a modular design. Uh, the CF Express, I'm a little bit torn on that. I know a lot of people ooh and ah over CF Express, but I prefer, I personally prefer CFast. Although I do believe uh, CF Express is uh, faster and high-end read-write speed, especially write speed. Um, but I don't know. I just like the the CFast. Uh, cards better myself. Uh, I really wish that when uh, Canon had made the 1DX Mark II, they would have put two CFast slots into it instead of a CFast and a uh, compact flash. Uh, but this is an exciting camera design. It's exciting uh, that it's going to have a modular system, as I mentioned a moment ago, but also a user-changeable mount. That could definitely uh, prove for some intriguing possibilities in this particular cinema camera. Uh, it is a little bit disappointing that the stabilization is is only uh, electronic and it doesn't have true IBIS in it. But as I mentioned a moment ago, uh, Canon has already officially confirmed that the next EOS R bodies will have IBIS. They've already been working on it for a little while now. So I think that's really cool. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if any of this technology from the cinema camera ends up in a future EOS R. Uh, possibly, maybe, uh, it could be possible that it some of these features might be in their next EOS R, which I've predicted will be called the EOS RS, uh, because it'll be a direct replacement for the 5DS and 5DSR. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see if that actually happens, if things pan out that way. But it's definitely exciting. Uh, this this official announcement on this cinema camera, the C500 Mark II, is extremely exciting. And I'm sure there's plenty of uh, cinema shooters out there that will be really excited uh, with this official announcement from Canon. Now, the next item I want to talk about in this episode is the Nikon D6. And Nikon is touting this as its most advanced DSL ever to date. There is also a crazy 120 to 300 millimeter f2.8 VR lens on the way. Nikon released the D1 digital SLR camera in 1999, making 2019 the 20th anniversary of the single digit D series. Thanks to the imaging know-how cultivated over Nikon's long history and camera development, Nikon's professional DSLR cameras have continued to evolve by introducing some of the industry's most advanced technologies and responding to the strict demands of professional photographers with the ultimate in performance and reliability even in the most severe conditions, is a direct quote from Nikon. Aside from revealing the camera, that the camera is coming, Nikon is mum on details. Release dates, pricing, and specs will be fully announced at a later date. In addition to the Nikon D6, Nikon also announced the development of the AFS Nikkor 120-300mm f2.8 E FLED SR VR F-mount lens. Quote, this year also marks the 60th anniversary of the Nikon F-mount, Nikon says. The new AFS Nikkor 120-300 2.8 Mount Lens will provide professional photographers in fields such as sports photography with even greater support. As with the D6, specs, pricing, and availability of the upcoming 120-300 f2.8 will be revealed at a later date. 
Now, I do find the announcement of this lens interesting. I, I suspected that there was going to be an announcement about the Nikon D6, and I also predicted in previous episodes that much like the Canon announcement on the 1DX Mark III that'll be out early next year, I am predicting that the 1DX Mark III and the Nikon D6 will both be each respective company's final high-end professional flagship DSLRs. I am predicting that by late 2020, early 21, uh, 2021, both Canon and Nikon will be in the process of retiring their flagship professional DSLRs and moving those platforms into their mirrorless realm. I think it is possible that Canon might get there first, only because Canon's got a lot more money for research and development than Nikon does, and Canon stands a much better chance of directly competing with Sony and the five-year head start that Sony has on both companies. But I do, I feel it's great that Nikon did announce their D6. I know a lot of photographers had been clamoring for it and uh, talking about it and contemplating whether or not it was going to come to fruition. Uh, I know uh, Jared Poland from Fronos Photo had talked about it a few times on his podcast and on his YouTube channel. So I'm pretty sure he'll be happy at this announcement. Uh, he's been a big Nikon shooter for years. Now, the other thing that's intriguing in this announcement is this Nikkor 120-300mm to lens. And the reason why I say that is Jared, uh, at one time, had the Nikon 300mm f2.8 uh, VR lens. And he sold it because he felt it wasn't versatile enough. Um, he didn't have enough of a need for it. But the idea that Nikon's going to release a 28 super telephoto zoom that goes from 120 to 300 millimeters. I'd be curious to find out whether or not Jared's going to look at the possibility of picking this beast up. And I'm sure he'll definitely at least be doing a lens review on it. He'll probably get a loaner one from either Nikon or possibly Allen's cameras in Philadelphia. Uh, but it'll definitely be interesting to see uh, when he does pick one of these up, at least on a loan or something, and he does his real-world real world review on the lens itself, I have a feeling he's going to really love this lens because he did like having the 300mm 2.8, uh, but as a prime lens, it just wasn't versatile enough for him, and he ended up selling it off. But I have a feeling he's going to really like this lens. With the versatility of 120-300, to 300, <laughs> That's a very, very handy lens to have, and it opens up a lot more possibilities for this fantastic lens that's an f2.8 aperture, so it's going to work great in low light. So we'll have to wait and see how that one works out. Now, the next item I wanted to talk about in this week's episode is Canon introduces new instant rebates on select RF lenses, and of course the RF lenses are Canon's new RF mount lenses that are designed for the EOS R and EOS RP mirrorless full-frame bodies. Canon has started a new instant rebate program on the following lenses. The Canon RF 24-105 F4L IS USM is going to currently sell for $899, regular price $1,099, so you save $200. The Canon RF 28-70 F2L USM is going to be $27.99. Regular price is $29.99. Again, uh, I think that's one of the lenses that are 
that is insanely overpriced, but nonetheless. The Canon RF35 f1.8 Macro IS STM is currently selling for $449, down from its regular $499. Now, I did buy this lens when I first got my EOS R, and I absolutely love it. It is a fantastic lens. It has mac macro capabilities, uh, image stabilization, and their new STM silent stepper motor system for the autofocus, so it's super quiet. This is just a fantastic 35mm lens, and it's a great upgrade if you were a photographer that pre like me that previously had the EF 35mm IS uh, F2 lens. I've been very happy with this lens. I've used it for a little bit of macro work, and I've used it quite a bit for street photography, which, in my opinion, 35mm is the perfect size uh, lens to use for street photography. Some people like to use 50 I prefer to stick with a classic 35mm just because I like the look you get with it. And, but I don't want to drag this on too long. Uh, also, Canon uh, is offering the RF 50mm 50 millimeter, 50 1.2L USM for $2,099, down from $2,299. Again, the other lens that I've mentioned numerous times on this show that I think is ridiculously overpriced to begin with. Uh, there's also the EOS R with 24-105 F4L IS USM kit for $28.99, down from $33.99, so that's some pretty good savings there. And you can also get the Canon EOS RP with the same 24-105mm F4L IS USM as a kit for $21.99, down from its regular price of $23.99. These lenses, as well as the camera and lens bundles, come in various different configurations. Be sure to check under more product options before adding to your cart to see if there might be a bundle that interests you. And again, I'll post a link to these uh, prices and deals in the show notes so that you can check them out for yourself. Uh, one item that I'm going to add kind of last minute here in this next section um, it is now possible to download the manual for both the Canon EOS M6 Mark II as well as the manual for the brand new Canon EOS 90D sports shooting uh, prosumer DSLR. So you can go ahead and download those manuals from the Canon site. I'll put a link to the manuals in the show notes. And as I mentioned in a previous episode, I think it was about two weeks ago, you can now pre-order the Canon EOS 90D. You can get the body only for $1,199, or you can get the body with the 18 to 55 for $1,349, or you can get the body with the 18 to 135 ISSTM for $1,599. So those are some pretty good deals there. Uh, with the EOS M6 Mark II, you can again pre-order that body only for $849. You can get it with the 15 to 45 ISSTM and EV DC2 for $10.99. Or you can get it with the 18 to 150 millimeter F3.5 to 6.3 ISSTM plus the EVF DC2 for $13.49. And again, I'll put those links to these, uh, these deals and the manuals in the show notes for this episode. I've already heard a lot of talk and a lot of rumbling in the photography community. A lot of people are super excited about these two new bodies from Canon. And I know my friend uh, Jeff Harmon from the Master Photography Podcast is definitely looking to pick up an EOS 90D 
to replace his beloved 7D Mark II. So I can't wait to talk to him about that once he gets his 90D in and gets the opportunity to do some high school sports photography. I still need to make arrangements with him if he's still interested to get him on this show as a guest. Uh, I wanted to get him on here for a while now, but our schedules have been a little bit crazy and uh, it hasn't worked out yet, but I definitely still want to get him on the show. Now, as I mentioned before, he considers himself only a hobbyist photographer, and I disagree strongly with that. If you've ever seen any of his work, you can follow him on Facebook. His sports photography, high school sports photography is absolutely amazing. This gentleman has some mad, mad photography skills. He can call himself a hobbyist if he wants to, but I personally think he's full of beans because he does some fantastic work. Better than some pros I've seen, I'll tell you that for sure. All right, now the last item I wanted to talk about in this week's episode is the overpayment scam that has been targeting wedding and event photographers. Now, this overpayment scam has recently left a wedding photographer with $4,600 in debt. A British Columbia-based wedding photographer is out $4,600 after falling prey to the overpayment scam. Now, this is an insidious scam that often targets, as I mentioned before, wedding and event photographers and has allegedly cost its victims nearly $5 million in 2019 alone. Now, these also known as advanced fee scams, the swindle involves offering a photographer a paying gig that is not real. And unfortunately, photographer Esther Moorman hadn't heard of this trick and her business has taken a big hit as a result. In a report on Global News, Moorman described how she was tricked out of $5,500. A man calling himself Manny reached out to Moorman via text asking to hire her for his daughter's wedding in Vancouver. After ironing out some details, Mormon sent over a contract and requested a $700 deposit, but when the payment arrived, it was a check for $5,500. The advanced fee or overpayment scam hinges on what happens next. The scammer will tell you it was an accounting error and ask you to forward the money to a third party. In Moorman's case, she was told the payment was for the caterer, so she went ahead and deposited the check, and since it showed up as clear in her TD Bank account, she went ahead and sent the money as requested. A couple of days later, the check bounced, and Moorman was left holding the bill for the full $5,500. Now, in the end, Moorman was able to recover $900 as a quote-unquote goodwill gesture from her bank, which was the amount never sent back to the scammer, but she's still out $4,600 with absolutely no recourse. And you can hear the entire story from Mormon herself on Global News. I'll uh, include the link to the article in the show notes. Now, I just want to take a moment and remind any photographers out there, do not fall for this scam. I've had these jokers try to pull this one on me, uh, on myself. Uh, usually it was for a family reunion shoot or some BS like that. Um, I had a couple of them that, you know, tried to sucker me into supposedly shooting their family reunion out in Colorado or South Dakota or some crazy place like that. And um, it's just uh, sad that, that this lady fell for this scam. And it's it's been around for a few years now. Like I said, I've had a few of these jokers hit me up 
Uh, I've probably had like four or five of them hit me up in the last three or four years. So this scam's been around for a little while now. And as I mentioned, the thing is, you know, they send you this fake check, you cash it, you deposit it in your bank account. Everything seems hunky-dory until it gets fully processed through the banking system. And it comes back that the check is either counterfeit, stolen, or there just were not enough funds in the drawing account to actually cover the check. Now, in this case, the uh, scammer claimed that it was an accounting error. Uh, but the ones that I've had contact me tell me right up front, well, I'm going to send you X number of dollars and, and I need you to forward the, the uh, remaining money over to the caterer or the company that's that we're booking the event hall with or yada, yada, yada. And that immediately threw up a red flag for me anytime I see anything crazy like that. Now, the other thing that is generally a dead giveaway with these kind of scams, and it might not always be the case, but it has been in my experience, is these scammers also usually are not people that English is their primary language. And the reason why I say that is because their text messages and emails often have a lot of grammatical errors. And for anybody, that should be a red flag right away. I mean, I understand if you're, you know, someone of foreign ancestry that has come here to the United States, you know, and you're living here now, um, you know, English may not be your primary language, but it's usually should be your secondary language. And especially when you're sending texts or emails, you should know how to make sure that the English in those texts or emails are grammatically correct. And I've seen some real doozies in the ones that I've received from some of these advanced fee or overpayment scammers. So that right there is a red flag as well. So I want to go ahead and warn all the listeners to the show, uh, especially you, those of you that are working professional photographers, please don't fall for this scam. If it smells too good to be true, it always is as a general rule. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. All right, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this week's episode of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in iTunes and anywhere else you might listen to this show, which also now includes, as of about two months ago, Radio.com. We want to again thank the folks at Radio.com for adding this show to their library. I'd also like to ask all of my listeners to go ahead and share this show to your family and friends on social media and ask them to give it a listen and if they'd be so kind, a five-star uh, rating and a review, or you could leave a comment, either one. Please also be sure to stop by the Facebook group for the Liam Photography Podcast. It is open to all photographers and lovers of photography. But it is a closed group, and you do have to answer one question in order to join the group. And that question is, what is the name of the host, which is myself. You can either put Liam or Liam Douglas. And I'm doing that to keep out the scammers and spammers and bots and all that stuff. But also to make sure that the only members in the group are actual listeners of the show. Uh, once you become a member of the group, you are free to upload five images every 24 hours. You can either do them one at a time throughout the day, or you can do a batch upload and let Facebook make its little photo slideshow thing. Please only share your own original work. Please do not share the work of other people. Even if you have permission, that will get you blacklisted from the Facebook group. I only want you sharing your own original work to the group and sharing it with others. 
you are welcome to post your images and request a creative, creative criticism or critiquing. You can just put CC please in the post and someone in the group or myself would be more than happy to take a look at your photos and give you some honest feedback on what you could do to tweak or improve your photography. All right, I am going to go ahead and end this episode, and I will see you all again next week in episode 36.